Good morning, my kings and queens, princesses and princes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As I start on this day, this is September the 16th, 2021. I want to first give honor to God who's head of my life. Also, I want to give honor to my husband and um, partner in crime and everything else you want to call it. But I just give honor to him. He's such a good man. And also, I want to give honor to you for my listeners who are out there. And I just thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your comments. And I just want to just say good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you humbly. Thank you for all that you have done. Even last night as we slept, there are many things that have taken place that we didn't know anything about, but we know that you do and that you had your angels on standby for us. And God, those who did endure things, I thank you for being with them and taking care of them and loving them and and opened up all kind of avenues for them. And God, I just thank you for blessings of many kinds, the ones that we see as well as the ones that we don't see. And as we begin this day going into our wilderness, because we really don't know what today is going to be about, but you do. So we give that to you. In Jesus' name we pray for all things that you are and what you do for us. And God, we just love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, click up, click down, open it up, swipe up, swipe down, um, download the following scripture. And I'm going to read from the voice translation. This is the book of James, chapter 3. Verse 13, it reads, Who in your community is understanding and wise? Let his example, which is marked by wisdom and gentleness, blaze a trail for others. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Amen. Who in your community is understanding and wise? Let his example, which is marked by wisdom and gentleness, blaze a trail for others. Let his example, that's what I want us to pay attention to. Let his example. And if I had to give this um, devotion for this morning a title, it would be called Being Humble Despite Being Rich, Super Rich, Lessons We Can Learn. Being humble, despite being super rich, lessons we can learn. And I'm not just talking about money rich. To me, humbleness is attractive. I never asked myself why, but I've always thought of humbleness as an attraction. It's tempting to think of what all we can buy with a billion dollars. But a better question would be if it will affect our personality. The super rich are often thought of as lavish spenders, but few have chosen to be humble and show the world that their achievement 
is not defined by status symbols. Believe it or not, there are still quite a lot of humble millionaires and billionaires out there. And I'm not just talking about money. Often, church leaders question his or her own humility. The new clergy leader spends the first half of the sermon identifying often his weaknesses and areas where the church can minister to him. And this is usually around sermon preparation. What made this humble gesture remarkable is that it is not always easy for clergy to admit their human sides. They worry that they will be judged less fit to guide the congregation. They often feel compelled to live up to unrealistic standards. But several studies suggest that it may be helpful for pastors and church leaders to recognize their own human needs and shortcomings first, even as they attempt to be a personal model of holiness. As clergy, we can face outsized expectations from both members of our flocks and themselves or ourselves. And to be on call 24-7 in often emotionally stressful situations, there is usually less time to separate our professional roles from our personal needs. But setting themselves too far apart or setting ourselves too far apart from non-clergy can be very unhealthy because we're all people we just answered the call a sense of social isolation was one of the strongest predictors of symptoms of depression anxiety and emotional exhaustion according to one of the studies that I read which analyzed data from nearly 1500 United Methodist clergy in a study of 12 uh, priests ages between 32 and 75, and these people were out in Poland, these clergy who had been told from their seminary days that they were the chosen from the mon the chosen, felt they had to be models of virtue beyond approach, reproach in their daily lives. And this is a great almost unbearable burden as many priests reported see the thing is is that a priest should just eat breathe celebrate holy mass listen to confessions all day and pray he does not have the right to drink beer socialize or take a walk with a woman i once walked with a sister through a village and could hear people bad mouth one priest said and this is what someone has said to me just walking through with a woman she's probably real pretty and everything does it, it could have been a relative 
but you know the naysayers you know the Hittites and all them people another priest revealed that they had to make a decision to be alone but are often unaware of the consequences see life goes on and brings disappointments that's what it does you can meet people during the day but when you come home in the evenings and sit down often clergy realize that there is an emptiness you miss contact with other people there is no one to talk to and there's no one to be able to blame to tame to be able to tame your loneliness in fact yet even as they realized their mental health needs, priests were often reluctant to seek help, concerned that seeking outside assistance would reflect poorly on the church as well as on themselves. You can become ashamed and see yourself as a loser. And this is what a lot of clergy say of all, all um, faith traditions. They all feel the same. Now, in looking at the focus scripture that we have for today, what is wisdom? In a new section beginning in this verse, James will show that how each person answers that question depends on whether their focus is limited to this life or includes eternity in heaven. He starts out with a provocative question. This test immediately challenges our personal pride who is wise and understanding among you that's the question james uses two different greek words with two different meanings understanding comes from the greek epistemon which focuses on intellect and factual knowledge then the other word is wisdom which james will center on more heavily in this particular passage and is a Greek and from the Greek sophos. This term is more related to practical real life use of moral reasoning. This is not to say intellect is unimportant but James's primary point in this letter is about what we do. As a result it's natural that he learns more heavily on the applied wisdom aspect. Those with some scriptural training or higher status in the faith community will be tempted to count themselves qualified as wise. Those who feel inadequate in spiritual things might hope they won't be noticed. James's answer to his own question, though, comes as a surprise as human beings we tend to measure wisdom as having all the right answers to the hard questions instead James suggests wisdom is as wisdom does he echoes what he wrote about faith and good works in chapter 2 it says, I will show you my faith by my good works. A true wise person will demonstrate the humility of wisdom by his good works. The true test of God's 
kind of wisdom is a life well lived, a life spent doing good works for others. As the wisdom book of Proverbs repeatedly makes clear, humility is an essential component of living wise. We can look at Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 through 8 for that. Without setting ourselves aside, we cannot hope to become the wise servants God has called us to be. This is a humbling thing to think on. And as I recall, when I was studying at Howard University, the history of the black church, I spent many days clinging at the things that the black ministers were taught back in those days versus how the white ministers lived. It was two different roles, two different worlds, such as the difference in ministry lifestyles between the two races. This didn't set well for me to some degree, and it still does not. So many churches will require the church leader to drive a luxury premium vehicle, and that is quite okay with me. I have nothing wrong with what you decide you want to drive. Um, let's see. But what about the struggling small church? Why do some clergy feel that as if they have to still keep those standards when your church can barely afford a car or best they can do is a hoopty if at all they most of your congregants are catching the bus but you're driving a nice luxury car and you don't even pick anyone up for church this always looked lopsided to me it didn't have the humility feel but i just assumed that it's my issue to because that's the way i was thinking it's best to always be humbled in all things so we can get the heavenly message and i just didn't see the heavenly message in that this is our character and our best example in being our best self is to follow Jesus. Just follow Jesus when in doubt. Always follow Jesus. When you're not in doubt, still follow Jesus. You can't go wrong with following Jesus. Our words must also match humility too. Jesus is extremely humbled. As we look over all of our human words, they are powerful. Our tongues are small, but they are capable of reckoning great havoc. Any person who could perfectly control their words would be in perfect control of their entire bodies. Instead, as sinful human beings, our tongues are untamed. Our words are like fire, igniting the entire course of our lives. Blessings God, blessing God and cursing people out of the same sentence should not come out of the same mouth. We are corrupt. James concludes in this entire chapter by exploring what it means to be truly wise. 
True wisdom is not necessarily found in those with the most education, the most money, or the most friend. Rather, wise people can be spotted living wisely in humility, participating in good works, enjoying peace, singleness of purpose, and gentle lifestyles. Something to meditate on and to ponder with our own inner spirit. That is, to ask ourselves the question, where are we today pertaining to this humbleness? Are we humbled in word and in action just like Jesus? Even in this, should we be humbled? We all should do daily self-evaluation. When we behave in ways we should not, we ought to just step back and submit to the Lord. And that just really garners a lot of respect from us. Be very self-aware of how we are wired and become aware of our own limitations and take that to the Lord on bended knee. As for us clergy who have answered the call, Many clergy find that being open and honest about their, our own limitations benefits ourselves and our communities. We all can learn from this. May the Lord add a blessing to your lives today. Forgive yourselves, forgive others, love yourselves, and love others. Have a blessed and beautiful, supercharged, joyous day. Selah.